Welcome to the Grant Writing and Funding Podcast, where it's all about, you guessed it, grant writing and funding made easy so you can increase capacity, grow funding, and advance your nonprofit or freelance mission. Now, let's hand it over to your host, grants expert and author Holly Rustic, so you can increase your funding and drive impact. Hello, 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 it's Holly Rustic here with Grant Writing and Funding, and welcome to the Grant Writing and Funding podcast show, where every single week I help you increase your grant writing skills, your nonprofit's funding, and I help you transition into starting and growing a freelance grant writing business with ease so you can increase your income and increase your impact. And to help me do that this week, I have Marie Palacios, the lead consultant for Funding for Good on the Grant Writing and Funding podcast. She's going to talk about how she hit her first six-figure income year on working less time because she had templates and systems set up. And she's going to share those with us today. And if you are like, oh my gosh, that sounds amazing, less time and more money, Yes, you can do it. You are definitely gonna wanna join us. On June 27th at 3 p.m., I'm hosting an event for Marie to come on and she is going to deliver time-saving templates, how to earn full-time revenue when consulting part-time. In this free masterclass, you're going to unveil the secret to generating a six-figure income while working part-time as a nonprofit consultant by using templates. And she's gonna be talking about how to transition from traditional grant writing to templates. You are gonna to wanna to join this. Jump over to today's show notes to find out more about how to register. And that's at grantwritingandfunding.com forward slash 276. You can also go to grantwritingandfunding.com forward slash grant dash training. But to find out more about Marie, as well as signing up for this free webinar, definitely go to grantwritingandfunding.com forward slash 276. So a little bit about Marie. So Marie is also certified by the Institute of Cultural Affairs in the USA in evidence-based facilitation practices known as the top method. She is an amazing facilitator and you are not gonna wanna miss her in action at that webinar next week. And over the past two decades, Marie has worn every hat imaginable in the nonprofit world. Volunteer, board member, program director, executive director, and development consultant. Her nonprofit specialties include strategic planning facilitation, program design, board development, grant writing, and messaging. She lives in North Carolina, and you're gonna hear more about her story and how she has transitioned a part-time business into a six-figure income. Here's Marie. Welcome, Marie. Welcome to the non- or welcome to the Grant Writing and Funding Podcast. Thank you. It's great to be here with you today. Yes, super excited. So you're also speaking, so I just mentioned the Nonprofit Consulting Conference. If you guys don't know about that, you guys are definitely going to want to check it out August 23rd and 24th of um, 2023. So definitely get involved because you're going to be teaching about streamlining services, creating processes and products that sell. So before we just kick off into this, I just want you to be able to talk a little bit about that session that you're going to be um, doing a great uh, session on over there and just, you know, being able to share a lot of knowledge in how to create those streamlined services. Because a lot of people, whew, it gets crazy. <laughs> so Absolutely. So the first thing is usually when we move out of the sector from an employee and go into consulting, we have lots of skill sets or lots of things that we have done. And just because we can do it doesn't mean we should do it. So our first step is to say, step back and say, okay, yes, I could do this, but is this the best use of my time? So that analysis first, and then really looking at how do I present to an audience so I can sell that service? 
So for example, people come to us every week and say, I want to do strategic planning or I want to do grant writing. And I say, okay, how are you messaging that to your clients? They say, oh, I have a conversation. Well, that's going to be a lot of conversation. So how do we streamline it and get our approaches out there? So when people know, when they meet with us, they say, this is what I'm going to walk away with. This is my product. Mm -hmm. And this is the process. This is how we're going to get there. So I'm going to be walking you through in that session, what questions we ask to say, what's the end product and what's the process to get there. And if we can answer those questions really well, we can usually get that in front of clients and they're easy, they're, it's easier for them to make a decision on whether they want to work with you or not. I love that because I mean, that's all a part of like onboarding, right? And that's all a part of like from discovery call to onboarding kind of that, whereas, you know, how do we do that? Now I get so many people in um, the grant professional mentorship as well. They're really wondering like, how do I do that? Because it's not just a natural thing. It's a learned thing, right? It's not just like personality or <laughs> a lot of people think it's just like yeah. Every organization is different. Like, so if you say, I'm going to do grant writing for you, I'm going to work on your project design and we let the client lead everything, then it can get drawn out over months or it might not get completed or you might not get the information. So being able to say, I do, my process is this and yes, I can customize it and we can have specific questions and strategy sessions, but it's a 30 day engagement or a 60 day engagement, whatever that looks like. People just need to know what to expect. And they're more likely to, to work with you if you can say, this is what you can expect when working with me. I love that. And I, you know, and that's what I really encourage too, is come up with your own design. Otherwise you are, like you said, you're reacting a lot to what they want. And a lot of times what they want might not actually be what's the best for the nonprofit. Right. So it can be like, I want you to write all these grants. And you're like, you're not exactly ready for that yet. Let's do your strategic planning first, or let's create a funding plan, or let's create your messaging. Right. So it's, it is knowing how you know that uh, nonprofits are most successful at getting funding or whatever their goal is, and then developing a process for that and letting them know how you work. Right. Is that kind of like what you're going to be going over? Yeah. I mean, at the end of the day, people say, but if they want it, I want to give it to them. And I say, no, their success is my success as a consultant. Yeah. So I'm not going to set someone up for failure. I'm not going to say, yes, I'll do this because you asked me to, if I really don't believe it's the best practice or it's going to get them the best results because they're using their time and they're probably limited resources to contract a consultant. And they're trusting me to be honest, not just do exactly what they say they want to do. So sometimes it's not a great fit and you have to say, you know, this isn't going to work. And other times they they just appreciate the fact there's a clear process and that we know how to get from step A or point A to point Z. I love that. And I can't wait for you guys to hear about it. I'm gonna, I know I'm going to be taking notes because that is definitely something that people have to kind of work out. What is my process as a consultant, right? What is my proven process? And maybe it's something new you're doing. So you're still trying to figure that out, but it is mm -hmm. creating something um, that then you can present to your potential client and say, this is the Absolutely. way they work. And then that way they're like, oh, okay. And I think that just positions you more as a professional immediately because you have a process, right? So, well, it will. I mean, you have the external side of the presentation and the messaging and the marketing, but then when we walk through this session at the conference, you're also going to see, how do I take that information and create internal systems that are going to work? Because once we walk through the question list and the checklist, you're going to be able to say, if I'm doing this, what do I need to make this possible? So I'm hoping that everyone will join us because they're going to walk away with just some practical questions to consider as well as checklists at the end of the session. I love it. I love it. I want to say the word systems. That's a sexy word for me. Systems and data. <laughs> <laughs> love, especially when they're streamlined. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> streamlined. <laughs>
<laughs> I love it. So yeah, so you're definitely going to go in over that. So you guys do join us at the nonprofit consulting conference. Um, we'll definitely have the link in the show notes. So do check it out. Um, but I want to get more into you and your business and behind the scenes, right? So we also have something else great before we get there. We also have a great webinar coming up that you're going to be presenting totally free on program designs that pack a punch. So if you guys, you know, your brain is clearly in streamlined systems and it's really set up as far as like organization. So people are definitely going to want to go to that webinar because that's going to give you guys a lot of information on just how to understand processes. So we'll definitely have the show notes as well there. Did you want to say anything about that webinar specifically, which is different than the session you're doing at the nonprofit consulting conference? Just FYI, guys, but if not more, Marie, she's going to be there too before we get into your story. It's one of my favorite sessions because I, I literally cut my teeth in the nonprofit sector creating a program and I learned everything I learned by failing and doing things the wrong way and then really looking at success and saying, okay, how can I replicate this success and traveled all over the state and even other, other states to say, who's doing what I want to do because imitation is the best form of flattery and how did they do it so I can do it. So you're going to get some of those tips and tools and you're also going to get something I call the program in a box. If you're a grant writer and you're trying to get content for a grant proposal, I find that this program design that packs a punch webinar or session is one of the most practical because it helps pare down the questions we need to ask before we can even think about a grant template. So it's more of an internal focus, the program designs that pack a punch. And if we're looking at the internal focus, this is what the organization proposes. It's going to be really easy to transition that into an outward facing fundraising tool, such as a grant proposal. Oh, I love it. And, th th you know, that's another question I get a lot, too, is what do I ask? Like, what do I need to ask for specifically? So that's really important to know, like, what do you need to really design a program, right, to develop that? What are all the missing pieces? Because you don't want to be constantly chasing the nonprofit either going, oh, yeah, and this. And then I also need this. And then I need this, right? No. <laughs> nope. If you, if you join us for that, you'll actually get um, our, my program in a box template. It's editable template as well as a sample. And... Um, another document because some people see things linearly, some things people see it vertically. So I'll give you two types of documents that I use. So you can choose what you like and what you don't and make them your own. I love it. I love it. And I love that you're spending so much time with us at Grant Rainey and funding this month because you know those are great, those are great resources. So thank you for coming on. We'll definitely have the link to that as well in the show notes. So now I want to get into more about you and your business. So you work, obviously you work with Mandy um, Pierce as well for Funding for Good. And she's one of our, she's one of the co-sponsors of the Nonprofit Consulting Conference. And we've done a lot with Mandy. Absolutely love her. And you also have your own business, NP Pro Consultants, right? So you also do that as well. And you talked about like how this relationship. So can you just tell us a little bit about the relationship between the two? Because a lot of people might be like, wait, what? <laughs> so it's unusual. And I don't know that we know anyone that has our exact business relationship, but essentially I own my own business MP pro consult, but all the work I do in the nonprofit sector and the small business sector, I do as the lead consultant for funding for good. So if I'm coming to you teaching program designs, or even at the nonprofit conference, I'm presenting as funding for good, not as MP pro consult. Right. And for a lot of people, that's strange because they're like, why would you do that? And I'll tell you, why. it makes much more sense for my business. Mm -hmm. um, you know, we're good as consultants. We're good at what we do, probably. I'm assuming that if we left our sector, we know what we're doing, whether it's grant writing or program design or strategic planning. But we often forget that the business management side is a full-time job on its own. Mm -hmm. So um, I partnered with Mandy because I recognized very early on and she recognized that there are certain things that either A, are not my unique brilliance. They're not the things I'm great at. Like I can do messaging till the cows come home, but marketing and website design, those are things 
that I'm not, you know, super great at. I have a busy family life. I'll get into that later. And sometimes timeliness, you know, I have to really manage my time and having to respond constantly to tech and VA issues is not where I can spend my time. So mm -hmm. Mandy and I created a very unique strategic partnership or I own my business. She owns funding for good. And I only work um, in that particular area under funding for good. So there's no competition. Mm -hmm. I'm not poaching clients. All the content that we see on the website, we've collaborated on together and it works for both of us. I love content creation. I love working with clients and she really loves growing the business. So it's a win-win for both of us. Oh, I love that. And you know, it's, it's so important, right? To find those types of balances when you're at, because it is, it can feel very isolating running your own business and not having that type of support because it's the, the job description, you like the, it's like a job description. It's like the one that's the wish list, right? Everything that an entrepreneur needs to do, but you don't need to do it all. If you can partner, if you can hire maybe VAs, employees, right? Outsource different parts. Or to say, I'm not going to do these certain things, right? So the streamlining different things, right? As well in your business. And it doesn't work for everyone. I mean, you know, we've tried bringing on other people. There's There has to be a high level of trust and integrity in your business partner. But a lot of people say, but you two could be competition for each other because technically you have the same skill sets. Yes, but we love doing different things. I'm not all about the capital campaign. She loves that. Um, she's more about the consulting side and bringing on new consultants. I'm really focusing on strategic planning with nonprofits. So really focusing on what we enjoy the most and saying, I want to be in a career where I'm doing what I love the most, the most often. Mm -hmm. And if we can partner, even though we could all both be full one-stop shops, why would we do that? If I love strategic planning and she loves working with consultants and things like that, why wouldn't we partner? There's lots of questions to ask when you go in that because I, I shared with you a little bit earlier. So we didn't get along when we first met. We had major communication challenges. And because of that mutual respect, we're now celebrating 20 years as business partners. Wow. Congratulations. I love that. That's like longer than a lot of marriages. <laughs> I say everyone needs their Mandy. It just made it look a little bit different for you. Exactly. Yeah. And, and that's true. It's like, I see this a lot with different partners out there and it, it is it's sharing the celebrations as well as the workload, as well as the stresses, right? It's, it's nice to have somebody who understands the business completely, um, doesn't have to do everything on it, but just talking about some things, right? Even that's mastermind. That's where that comes into mentorships. Like you can get your kind of struggles that are holding you back in your head sometimes, right? And put them out on paper and someone will be like, okay, here's another way to look at this, right? So that can be really, really helpful. But also the celebrations. I love that too. You know what I mean? To be like, hey, because it's isolating. And it can be very, very isolating as a consultant. So absolutely. We spend so much time in front of the camera or in our offices. And I find that, you know, we plan on retiring together. And we we're we're going through the long, we've already got our retirement plan together because we said, you know, it's working, it works well. And but we evolved the business. So just because you start with something doesn't mean you have to stay with that. And we started mostly with grant writing. We were grant crews originally. Mm -hmm. And Mandy originally subcontracted me to write federal and state grants with her. And then she was like, you know, you know, we're on everyone's timelines. How are you feeling about the grants? And I'm like, I love grant writing. I'm good at it, but it's not where I want to spend my time because people just aren't getting me the content on time. And then I find myself with my family, putting them aside saying, but I have this grant deadline. Yeah. And as a mom of three, as with a husband with a rare disease and a medical condition, I'm constantly, you know, navigating. It was a lot of uncertainty. And to be on someone else's timelines, I said, what about grant templates? Can't, what if we start creating templates where I work on creating a template, help the client do that, and then they submit it on their own timelines and mm -hmm. we can charge for the extra support. 
So then we transitioned into that. And then I said, you know, but they're not ready to do that because they don't have program designs. Let's do program designs. So we were able to evolve. And I think that any consultant out there that's growing their business, they're going to see that the the ability to adapt and evolve is going to be one of the biggest um, components of success. Oh, absolutely. I, I love that too. And, and yeah, because it is, it's never, it's never stagnant. It's never static, right? You're always kind of going in and saying, okay, there's another evolution. Something's changing externally or internally, right? So it could be the external kind of the environment, like chat GPT. Yeah. <laughs> so how's that going to affect grant writing? You know, like things happen and you kind of got to say, okay, let's navigate this and, and see what, what it feels like in my business, how I want to respond to it. Right. Absolutely. So, or like you were saying, your own internal, your, your husband, you got kids, you got, you know, other responsibilities. So how do you want to change your business based on that? Right. So definitely that's why no business is exactly the same. And that's why there's, so, no. you know, having that, why, I always tell everyone when we, we do a lot of boot camps for consultants and I've just really enjoyed meeting other consultants and they're like, you're telling me all your secrets for how you're doing this. And I'm like, there's more than enough work for all of us. Mm -hmm. And if someone would have told me, you know, hey, you can do this differently and you're going to save yourself some heartache, I would have loved it. Um, having Mandy there to bounce things off of ideas off really helped me, but not everyone has that. So our our boot camp has been a really great way to get consultants kind of thinking about their business. And my first question is, why are you doing your business? Yeah. Because if you say you want to raise a million dollars, we can come up with strategies right after left to raise a million dollars. But for me, you know, I have my three F's. It's mm -hmm. faith, family, and finances. So I need enough money to provide for my family now and create some sustainability for my family in the future. Mm -hmm. I want time with my family. I don't want to compromise that quality time. I have three young children mm -hmm. and a husband that I want to spend time with and a dog. And then my faith, you know, I want to be able to go out and do service projects. I work in Guatemala. I lead three or four trips down a year. And I've been able to manage my husband's business, manage a growing family and the service while still growing a successful consulting company and it's because when Mandy and I look at shifting our business model, we say, how does it fit into this for you? Are mm -hmm. we serving more clients or are we serving fewer clients at a higher cost? Are we traveling more? Are we traveling less? Mm -hmm. So faith, family, and finances for me are my three things that I anchor my business to, but I always challenge consultants. Think about what you're really wanting out of your business. Mm -hmm. Is it connections? Is it purpose? And tailoring my services around the things I get excited about helps as well, because the moment I'm not excited to work with a client in a particular area, then I need to reconsider because I might not be the best fit for them anymore if I'm not really just giving them the best of me. So every consultant's got to think, what are those core values? What are those things I want out of my business? I love that. You know, and that's, and that's you know, ironic because a lot of people think, oh, people just want to open their own businesses to make money. No, actually, most of the people that work with me, it's not about that. Yes, of course, they want to be financially stable or, you know, find it and they want to break glass ceilings and that sort of thing. But at the same time, one of the deeper meanings is flexibility, freedom in their schedule, right? The ability to spend more time with their family, the ability to spend more time on their mental health or just their health in general. Like there's so many different reasons that are so deeper. Um, and sometimes money is just kind of like an outcome as <laughs> well for when you actually get focused on what you yeah. want. Because a lot of times it's like, I wanted to quit my job because it was so stressful. I was working so much. Opening mm -hmm. a business, you can very quickly get into that tailspin without even if you're not intentional, right? Because it, it is still a list of you're never going to be done with that to do list, right? So it is being intentional. If you opened your business to create less stress and more time, then 
once again, going back to that streamlining of services or really then creating processes from your intention and your why. So I love that that's where you lead from because that's where I lead from too. And that's how your business will be, you know, the developed and created, right? When it's based on there. Otherwise you're going to get into it two years later, you're going to be burned out and go back to work at a job because it's, you know. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. And it's okay to pause. Like most people, yeah. you know, don't realize, oh, you know, I'm. they think, oh, if this didn't happen this year, I failed. There is not really the failure. It's you tried it. And if it didn't work, try something different. And, you know, there every business is at a point where you can't turn down. When you first start, you're probably not turning down clients. I had a consultant call me yesterday as part of our boot camp, And she said, I'm not at a place where I can turn down clients. And I said, that's okay. Then be very specific on what, how your processes need to be in place so that if you're working with a challenging client or one that's not the best fit for you, you've got the processes in place that protect them and you. Mm-hmm. So kind of those policies that protect you and them contracts. And you will get to a point um, that you can turn down. I turned down a $15,000 client last month that was, they already said, we want to work with you. And I said, you know, as much as I would love to, I don't think I'm the best fit for you. And I sent them somewhere else. And it was, I think it was better for them. And it was definitely better for me because I didn't feel like I was the best fit for them. And you get to that point, but it takes, it takes a little bit of time and being able to say, who is my ideal client? How do I reach them? And how do I make sure I'm spending more energy on my ideal clients and not burning up all my energy on those who are maybe not the best fit? I love that. And yeah, you're right. There's, there is a process in the beginning, a lot of times, especially if you don't have a lot of experience, it is like getting that experience, you know, um, working with clients that, you know, maybe aren't the best, you know, eventually, but at least you're getting experience and you're, you're pulling in some income. And it also depends on where you are right in your life. Do you have another source of income coming in? You know, you can make like decisions then about taking only ideal clients if you have another source of income coming in at the time, those types of things. So it really depends on your position. But just to go back to your business then, um, so when you started building it, I know we were talking in the green room before this and you said there was a lot of fear though. Like, you know, there was a lot of fear in letting go of maybe clients that don't serve you or just your job even. You had a job as well (laughs) doing all of this. So can you kind of talk about that? Absolutely. So I spent my entire career, like almost 18 years in the nonprofit sector as either a program director working in development and served as an ED of two organizations. Mm -hmm. And so I'm very grassroots minded, which I said service and missions is part of what I I breathe and live for. So I really felt felt a strong sense of purpose in my prior jobs. Mm -hmm. And I was one afraid of losing that sense of purpose of if I go into this for profit, my own business, and I'm going out and I'm talking to nonprofits and I'm charging them all this money, then how does that conflict with my bleeding heart that I want to help everyone? So Mm -hmm. I struggled with that sense of purpose and being able to charge what I needed to charge because I want to give everything away for free because I have a nonprofit mindset. It's, Mm -hmm. you know, if I can just make ends meet, but we don't do businesses just to make ends meet. We don't create businesses just to make ends meet. Mm -hmm. And the second was, you know, I had, even though it was not a very big salary, it wasn't competitive by any, in any stretch of the imagination, it paid my mortgage and it paid my lights and my bills. And I thought at bare minimum every month, my house is paid yeah, and basic necessities. So anything I do with my consulting business on top of that is, you know, we can do fun things with the family or we can cover some of these things that are maybe still important, but not essential to day-to-day life. Mm-hmm. And it was scary to step away. It took me many, many years. My first nonprofit job, it took me two years to resign. And Mandy was like, well, come on already. <laughs> um, and I moved into another one and loved it, loved everything about the work and the people and my life and my family situation changed. And it, I thought taking this leap and get moving away from a salary 
in the midst of all this uncertainty, having children, husband's health was big. So I said, let me start slowly and dip my finger in the pool, <laughs> my toes in the pool and started working and realized very quickly that I was only going to get out of the business what I put into it. So yeah. if I had that part-time mentality of I can give my spare to it, I would only get spare back. Mm -hmm. And that once I was able to say, you know what, we're, you know, I'm just going to go all in. And if it doesn't work in a year, there's plenty of jobs open that I'm qualified for, but I'm going to give it a full year of my best work. And my husband agreed to keep his job stable and not start his business yet. We did start his year. I said, give me three years with my business before you start yours. Mm -hmm. So we did that. Um, he kept his, he wasn't making a ton, but it was that enough to pay the bills. And then yeah. and, and I was able to go full in and am actually now full time with my business. So I love that. Cool. I love that so much, you know, and, and it is like, it really depends on your situation again and where you're at to build it, but building a business can bring you these different things. And, you're, and I love that, you know, to go back to your three F's, like whether or not you're working in a nonprofit or for yourself, those three F's don't change right? It's family, faith, and finances. So you can get those from either place, right? You know what I mean? So it's in where you're finding you can get more of that is from owning a business, it sounds like, right? And Mandy challenged me. So I always encourage you, partner with someone that challenges you. I mean, it's our personalities don't always match. Sometimes we don't agree, but that challenge is what really forced me to think. And she said, you're wanting to underprice. So every time I would price, I always say, if I ran my own pricing schedule, it, I'd, I'd probably still be broke because I'm a bleeding heart. And I really have to think, and Mandy's laughing. She's like, I'm rubbing off on you because now I'm charging what I know that I'm worth. And she made the comment. She said, you want to give everything away for free, which means if you charge the least you can possibly charge and get by, you have no bandwidth to help other organizations. But if we charge what we're worth and we have fewer clients, you're going to have more time to do the work that you want to do. Mm -hmm. So my compromise, we had several compromises with our business. One was if you go to fundingforgood.org and look under resources, you're going to find over 50 free resources. Mm -hmm. A good percentage of those are from my time as an executive director or program director. And I said, I want to provide something for people who can't afford us. Mm -hmm. So we have all these free articles and blogs and we keep over 50 free resources. I mean, it's really hundreds by the time you go to the videos. So that was one way we were able to build one of my core values into the funding for good model is we provide something for all levels of development. Mm -hmm. The second is each year I donate a particular large service like strategic planning or a grant or something to um, a local nonprofit. And, you know, last year I did strategic planning for a local group and I did it um, as an in-kind gift just to show appreciation for them and to support their mission. And right. I wouldn't have been able to do that if I hadn't freed up enough time to volunteer. Right. So, right. So I'm able to do that. Just it looks different. I love that because, yeah, and that's so important. Like you have to be aligned with your values, right? And and what you're going through, you know, really a lot of people that have come to me and even myself have gone through that same thing. And especially coming from the nonprofit sector, it is this poverty mentality. I, I, I like to refer to it, right? As because it is like, what can we get for free? What can we get for pro bono? What can we get d d discounts on or in kind or this or that? And there's a time and a space for that. Like I understand it, but at the same time, I also understand that can minimize value. It can minimize people showing up a hundred percent, you know, so yeah. they won't. If, if there's no skin in the game, there's, there's not that value. And, you know, we see this in the nonprofit sector all the time. When I was the executive director, we provided interpretation. Um, we, we provided translation for local community businesses and, and the Latinas in the community, but it was free. And we didn't have people taking advantage of it. 
they were going to another group that was charging $60 per page, but didn't realize we were the ones doing the, those translations for that other group. Willing, <laughs> So it's the same group doing the interpreting, but the other one was putting a price tag on it. And it made me think as a young executive director, people aren't valuing our work because we're not charging for it. Yeah. And, you know, we needed to at least start and get in the game with that. So even as a nonprofit director, that stood true. And now as a business owner, you know, if we're really undervaluing our services, people say, well, why are they so much below park market industry? I really want the best and I want to invest. So, you know, again, our free stuff was a compromise and a nod to our core values um, at Funding for Good, not just MP Pro Console, but Mandy and I share that as we want to provide something for everyone, but our business model, we do have to actually charge. So exactly. we point people to those resources and then we work with those who are ready to invest. Yeah, and you couldn't, the thing is, is you couldn't develop a lot of those free materials unless you were getting paid for your services and stuff, like you said, on the on the other end. So that allows you then to maybe develop something, a resource, a video, a webinar, right, for people um, because that's so important. So I, I really, I, I like I like that model a lot. We do it here at Ground Running and Funding as well. It's actually one of the reasons I wrote my book um, because a lot of people can afford my grant writing services. So I was like, well, what about 20 bucks on Amazon? <laughs> You know what I mean? Like that's what you can afford. So or yeah. get someone else to pay you for it. So we another way we we did that is we got our local small business centers in other states. They're called small business associations or chambers. Get community partners, United Ways, and other groups to pay for the session and open it up to the community. So we don't make as much when we do that, but it gets us in front of a wonderful audience. And the small business center or the chamber or the United Way pays for us to come and give this amazing. We just did a two day boot camp. We just, we just wrapped up three boot camps with one of our United um, Ways a couple right. counties away, and it was a packed house, and no one had to pay anything because the United Way had a grant fund and was able to pay right. our, our fee. So there are ways to get out and get in front of an audience for free while still bringing home a little bit of money from the business. <laughs> Yes. And it's important because you still have to pay the bills, like things still have to get done and, and, you know, all of those things. So now I just want to wrap up here, but I wanted to talk first before we get there about your business. Now you kind of mentioned like you had your first six figure year last year. That's exciting as well in your business. So congratulations on that. Cause it's just, it's a marker, right? It's a milestone. And, but you said when in the ring room, you're telling me, but it took me, it took me a few years to get there. It wasn't overnight. And, you know, I had to go through some of these you know, thought processes, mindset, et cetera, to get there. So can you share that with us? Because I think that's such a great milestone. There's just something about six figures that's like a great milestone. And then it's also like the process, right? It's not like immediately. No, it, it's a shift in mindset, really. So when I first started the business, I thought I'll be happy if I make a, you know, $3,000 a month. That was my first business goal was I need to make whatever I was making at my nonprofit job, $3,000 a month. And then I set five and 10 and then a $20,000 month and hit that last year and then said, well, I'm going for a six figure year. Mm -hmm. And one of the best ways I found to do that was think about the service I want to offer the most. So for me right now, that's strategic planning. I did that with grants. I did it with templates and program design. So whatever that, that thing is that you're going to focus on, really choose that premier service mm -hmm. and say, okay, if I'm charging, let's just say $10,000 as a round number for strategic planning then how many clients do I need to secure to get to that six figures? Mm -hmm. And it becomes much more manageable to say, oh, wow, I only need this number of clients. And it's not a huge number. Mm -hmm. um, now, if you want grant writing or your, your services are at three and $4,000 range, how do you promote that service? Starting out, we were really grant focused. And then we started being that one shop. 
Mm-hmm. And I found the challenge with being a one shop, like an like one shop for everything is that you spend a lot of time marketing all your different services. Yeah. So spend a lot of time on content creation, a lot of time updating websites, a lot of time pitching and getting in front of audience for different things. Mm-hmm. And while that sounds reasonable because you're thinking you're, you've got a, a greater net to cast, mm-hmm. you're actually spending more time on administration. Mm-hmm. So two years ago, um, my husband got had his fourth brain surgery. And so when I'm saying medical situations, I'm saying there were months out of the year that I couldn't work. In 2021, I was only able to work four months. So, I mean, I had to pause my business mm-hmm. and I still in 2022 hit six figures. Wow. Even with the pause. Wow. So the, the way the pause worked is I talked to Mandy and I said, you know, I really want to focus on strategic planning. I'm tired of piecemealing nonprofit success and saying, let me write that grant. Let me do this. I yeah. feel like if they have their strategic plan and we know what they need in development, then we can come and say, you've agreed on this, we can help make this development work happen versus us working in envelop- development and the board saying, oh no, we have new board members. We're not doing that anymore. Right. It's a waste right. of your time and ours. So we, she said, well, what do you want to do? I said, I'm getting certified. I do strategic planning, went and kind of went through a bunch of certifications and, and went through the process, figured out one I liked. And we started marketing strategic planning as our premier business. So I encourage you that while you may have five or six services, Think about the one that's going to bring you the most joy and the biggest price tag. I say um, job or joy, so, or sometimes we'll say hobby or job. If it's something that you're like, I like doing that, but it's not going to bring you money, reserve that. You're not going to promote that as much. But mm-hmm. if it's the one that you can do well and really bring in the dollars, that's what you're going to market. And then when you free up your time, you can do all the things that bring you the joy, like volunteering and doing those Take a few clients for those things. But if I fill my time with all the things that I just absolutely love doing all the time, probably not being a good steward of my time. So I literally put a price tag on it, put a price tag on it and said, I need 10 clients, 20 clients. So Mm -hmm. next year we're looking And I'm doing that in my business this year as well has been a big shift. I have bunch of different courses from nonprofit mm-hmm. strategic planning, like what you do, but on demand course, all the way to like a uh, nonprofit wellness audit, become a grant uh, reviewer, like all of the things. And I said, you know what, I'm closing down a lot of those. I'll open them maybe at certain times once in a while, but they're not going to be listed on my website anymore. They're not going to be open to come in at any time. So I can be very, very clear on my website, grant writing and then helping people start their grant writing companies. Right. And that's, that's it. <laughs> so- it's awesome. It, and it, it's a lot less promotion. So yes, I mean, again, we had we had a whole writer's block and we had document review services, but for every service you have, you're creating content and you're fielding calls and those are not all I, ideal prospects. So really okay. narrowing down, if people get nothing else out of it, think, what do I really want to focus my time and energy on? Yeah. Uh, Mandy will challenge you, write down 10 things you could do to make money, mm-hmm. put some price tags on those. And then which ones do you really want to focus on for the next year? Give it Give it some time to grow um, don't do the spray and pray. Like I'm going to spray everything out there and pray something sticks. So I say yeah. no spray. And, pray. <laughs> and a lot of times we start developing things because a few people might ask for them. And, and I think that's okay. I think you can reserve some time to kind of play with creative things and then see, is this something I really like to do? Could it really be the thing maybe next year? If it's not, you know, then that's okay. But I think, you know, majority of your time seen, yeah. yeah and then allow yourself a little creative play and then even if that maybe is with marketing maybe it's not creating products maybe it's within a different marketing channel or maybe with something different right so it is nice to have creativity and play but not don't get stuck in the rabbit hole <laughs> so. no, no, no. and just by focusing on one thing doesn't mean you can't do other stuff I still cl- take clients for program design or for visioning sessions 
that's just not what we're promoting, but we have yeah. a lot of clients that come back. I had someone last week say, you did our grant template and we generated $678,000 with it. We right. want to engage you for something else. And I'm like, awesome. Am I taking new clients on that? No, but did I love this client? Were they great yeah. to work with? And did they see a great return on their investment? Absolutely. So it's someone I would love to re-engage with. It just may look a little bit different now. Right, right. Well, this has been awesome. I'm so looking forward to your session at the Nonprofit Consulting Conference. And I'm also looking forward to your webinar because you're just bringing in so many gems. And I know we could talk forever, but we're going to go ahead and wrap it up today. Um, but if, before we close out today, um, I just want to thank you for really being vulnerable and just really transparent and sharing a lot what's going on with you personally and how, you know, professionally, a lot of people don't like to share numbers. A lot of people are scared to share, share about their fears and their business and, you know, how things have happened. So I really appreciate that. So thank you so much um, for one. And then I also want to open the floor to you. Just did you want to say anything to close up today then as well? And where can people find you? Pleasure. Well, I'm, I appreciate the opportunity to come and join us. I've been following you and Mandy talks so highly of you. And I know that we're bring on the nonprofit consultant uh, conference and we'll look forward to seeing you there as well. Um, really, you know, if if people are looking for resources, fundingforgood.org is a great place to start. You know, again, that's where I market all the stuff I'm doing with Mandy. It's the things that we love to do. And um, really taking that first step. If, if you're looking at consulting, if you're looking at starting a new business, whether it's grant writing or something else, just really taking that first step and saying why. And then hopefully with your business, with Funding for Good and with this upcoming conference, we'll be able to provide some really valuable tips and tools to um, take business to the next level. Absolutely, absolutely. All right, well, I will see you soon at the Nonprofit Consulting Conference and in the webinar. Thanks so much, Marie. Have a great day. You too. Thank you for tuning into today's episode on grant writing and funding with Marie Palacios from Funding for Good. We are super excited for the upcoming webinar with Marie, Time-Saving Templates, How to Earn Full-Time Revenue and Consulting Part-Time on June 27th at 3 p.m. Definitely jump over to grantwritingandfunding.com forward slash 276 to register for this free webinar. Also, we are getting near the last early bird for the Nonprofit Consulting Conference. If you want to jump in, you're definitely going to want to go over to grantwritingandfunding.com forward slash 276 and get more information about the Nonprofit Consulting Conference as well. Marie will also be a speaker there, so you can definitely hear more from Marie. And like always, if you enjoyed today's podcast episode, please do me a favor and jump over to iTunes or your podcast player and please leave a review. This does help other people find the podcast. All right, I'll see you next week. Have a wonderful week. Bye-bye.